are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. This is episode 193. Today's guest is Bash Yams, who is a director, VFX artist, and co-owner of creative studio Warm and Fuzzy. Bash has worked on projects for a ton of brands, along with music videos, commercials, films, and social content. In today's episode, we discuss a range of topics, such as John's first job in college working with the VFX department on a little film that you may have seen before called Avengers. What the fuck? He also talks about his experience working on films such as The Walk and The Shallows with Blake Lively. He shares the reason why he decided to pivot away from the film world and focus on his own production company, Warm and Fuzzy. The behind the scenes story on how he built one of the most viewed Instagram clips for Coachella partnering with past podcast guest Ari Faroy. He gives a detailed description on how they conceptualized the idea, executed the production, and pulled off the post-production on site. We discuss all this and so much more. We are excited to have you here today, but before before we get started, if this is your first time tuning the podcast, you are probably wondering. What the fuck is Black with No Cream? Great question. Black Window Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode today. This one is a banger. So take some notes along the way and tag us in an Instagram story with your takeaway so we can repost the best ones at black with no cream. Okay. And hit the follow button. You heard? Also, if you're a real one, a real fan of the black with no cream podcast, and you want to see this thing grow to new heights. You can join our street team by texting us. We will be texting out updates on future episodes and ways that you can get involved to help spread the word about Black Window Cream. We want to use this texting as a way for you to share your input, provide ideas for upcoming episodes, and we will also kick you some weekly motivation and inspiration that we get from the podcast. So here's the number, 319-209-9041. We also have a link in the description that will help you load up the contact a little bit easier, but shoot me a text, say what's up, um, and tell me what kind of creator you are so I can lock you into my phone. All right, cool. Without further ado, I bring to you my episode with Bash Ams and the most epic podcast intro ever created, right, motherfucking Yo, so, John, do do people call you John or they just call you Bash Ams? It's, it's, a, it's a mix of both. A lot of my close friends just call me Basham. Do they? Basham? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. That's that's fire. Yo, I I just I just already told you this off camera, but you and your team create the most legendary content I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks, man. Like, Appreciate. It's it. so complex and and wild. And then and in the email, you kind of shared some some other projects that you worked on. I feel feel like right off the bat, we have to just kind of get into the features that you worked on. Like, your Ant Man. You've Avengers, Ghostbusters, like so many other films. I'm not even listening right now, but what, like, can we just start there? Like what, how, how sure, did you get yeah, involved yeah. with that? Uh, so, I mean, I started working on those in college a bit. Um, so I had like, I had an internship at this company, uh, the third floor. They do like a lot of previs and VFX for, for most of the big feature films. So I got started there. I think the first feature I worked on was Avengers age of Ultron. Holy shit. Um, and that was just as an intern in college. And I was like pretty stoked on that. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, at one point, so after that ended, they like, they, they, they actually like, I was vibing so well with them that they, they like pulled me out of school for a couple of weeks to, uh, go work 
with uh, Robert Zemeckis on uh, that movie, The Walk, um, which is uh, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie with the dude like walking between the World yeah, Trade the, Center. The, the rope, um, the tightrope. Yeah, so they pulled me out of school for a couple of weeks to work on that, which was pretty cool. And I got to like sit next to like Robert Zemeckis, which is Damn, insane. That is, what? The yeah. F- how, how did this? How did you even get an internship? Like, how does that even work in in the school program? Like, how did you get vetted into being one of the interns that got to work on Avengers to start with? Uh, I mean, I just applied. One of my professors was working at that company at the time, uh, and he, you know, he told me about the internship. I applied and. I mean, I had a, I had some VFX work that I'd, you know, I just worked on like everybody's short film in college. So wow. I had a bunch of random VFX work. And so that kind of like got me in a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they're just, it was like first day, like, all right, we're working on adventures. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> At that time, had you worked on, I mean, you said you had some VFX work, but was that just like personal test, like test products that you were making, like just college content that you would just make for yourself? Or were you already working with other clients? Um, there were, I was doing a little bit of freelance stuff. I mean, I was basically doing freelance since I was like 18 or so. Like it got started pretty early. Right. Um, I think at that time I had already done one year at Coachella. So yeah. So, and it was like the first year at Coachella was like, we did it for free and it was like, it was like just for fun, just to get her like foot in the door. Right. Um, type of thing, but multi-million yeah. dollar festival. And you guys are like, let's just go do have fun for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, I, uh, I think bef- before I worked on the features, I might've had, I, I think I did an internship with this YouTube channel before that, uh, corridor digital. Right. If you heard of those guys, yeah, yes, yeah. that was, that was one of my first internships as well. That's really cool with those guys. And they taught me a lot about, you know, just like running gun stuff and VFX. And so, so it sounds like at that point, obviously Avengers was a, a gigantic step up f- compared to the projects and the, and the teams that you'd been working on prior. Um, what, what, yeah. what was like, how, how was it for someone in college who just got greenlit with the illest job internship job <laughs> ever, and then to go on to continue to work on these films? Cause it, it did that kind of carve out your path for a while? Was it, was it working on features like that after you, you know, you did the walk and that kind of led into other films or were, did you start just kind of dipping into all types of different content? Uh, it was a little bit of both. So I, I, I was like, you know, I was doing the music thing on the side. So I was doing like a lot of music industry work, um, you know, with Coachella, like random music videos all over the place, other music festivals. Um, and so that I was doing that kind of freelance on the side and then also the feature stuff. Like I think the day after I graduated, um, a different one of my professors, uh, hired me at another studio that was working on, uh, feature films, um, and so, and, and VR stuff, we got started really early with, uh, with some of the high profile, like VR projects. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be honest though, I got kind of burnt out on the feature stuff after maybe a year yeah. uh, of doing it. But yeah. It got kind of jaded. Like it's cool at first when you're like in college and you're like, I'm going to work on this huge movie. But then you realize it's just like, it's not actually that creative. at least to be on like the post-production side of it you know if you're not like the director or like the editor or like somebody of important you're just kind of like one of many people that are working on this film and and putting in like ridiculously long hours and how big are those teams like uh could you give an example from a, a specific film that like the size of the team that you're working amongst and then kind of like what your day would be like as a as a vfx artist 
Um, I mean, the company that I was at, the teams were always not that large just because we would take on like a specific portion of the, the film. Mm. Um, and, you know, a typical feature film will have like, you know, anywhere from like five to like 20 like VFX companies right. working on different sequences and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, at, at that job specifically, uh, the teams weren't that big, but I mean, sometimes the hours were like insane. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, this is where I'm at my current business partner and we, um, we always talk about this one project, uh, the shallows. I don't know that there's that movie with Blake lively where she was like a surfer. And, oh yeah. Right, right. Um, Terrifying. and there was this one sequence that we worked on that just killed us. It was like, <laughs> they, I, I don't know what they were thinking, but it, it was a sequence where she like finds a GoPro in the water and she's like, she's like pretending it's like, you know, she's filming it, but they like film the entire thing in, in like a pool. And then we have to make it look like it was filmed like in the ocean. Um, but instead of like filming it with a nice camera and making it look like a GoPro later, like they actually filmed it with a GoPro. (laughs) So, so like we had to, and there was like green screen and blue screen and stuff behind her. And she had all this like crazy blonde hair, um, the hardest thing. And it was like a nightmare to like, yeah, it was, it was, how long did, how long did that take? I mean, total, how many minutes? of the film is that section and then how long did it take you guys to, oh, to do the build? Man, I mean, it's probably not more than like 10 minutes of the film or yeah. something, but it's like, um, uh, we, I mean, we were up to like four in the morning, like every day for like weeks and like people were like yelling at each other. Like the producer of the studio, like was just like yelling at us. There's <laughs> like telling us how like integral this part of the film was and how like shitty it looked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 It was intense when we pulled through. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I can't imagine that it, you know, it, it be, I could understand the burnout of, you know, when you're one of maybe 25 production companies or post house that are like touching a film it's not like you're, I think maybe from the outside looking in, if you said you worked on Avengers, I would assume that your company did all of the VFX for Avengers, but I don't think people realize that it's outsourced to like multiple different companies, multiple different people are working on one minute here. Maybe there's 10 minutes over here. And that was common for, for all the jobs that you did. It was just like specific parts. Yeah. Usually, I mean, some of the, usually the films have like their main vendors. So like, you know, ILM or whatever, or, or uh, you know, MPC or the mill or whatever, or frame store will take on like a huge chunk of the movie. And then, you know, specific parts will be doled out to other vendors. Like, you know, they'll do all the rotoscoping and like some company in India for super cheap or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was kind of like pieced out a little bit. So that kind of weighs into the part where you feel like you're not being that super creative if, if you're just like having to key out a bunch of shit or, or if you're, you know, if it's like a, if the job is just so redundant and, and you feel like you're not, you could add so much more value maybe, but they're not allowing for that progression. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is no real creativity. I mean, it's like, okay, make this thing do this or like, you know, make, put an explosion here, or like put this thing on a screen or like, you don't have like any say in what it's going to be really. Right. Uh, it's just, you're kind of like just executing right. um, what needs to be done. And ironically, like there's more creativity I found now in like short term, like, like advertising and like commercials and marketing. Yeah. Before, before wrapping on that, what, what would you say before, you know, through, through that year, I guess. So you're saying you worked on features for about a year? Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah. It was both features and VR. We, we like essentially started this VR department at this company that we were doing. 
lots cool. of random VR projects for it at the same time. So out of all yeah. the features and all the VR stuff in that moment, what what was like one of your biggest highlights out of all those projects that are like the, the greatest fulfillment? Or is it just like the fact that you were able to touch some of it? Uh, I, yeah, as a whole, I mean, it was, it was, it was a really good experience. I mean, I mean, I met a ton of great artists that we still work with today. Um, and you know, of course I got like a bunch of IMDB credits, which, which helped. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there was any one, but you know, the experience was good, like straight out of college to be, you know, working on all, all that stuff. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Um, but you said yeah. you met your business partner, um, during this time and that's, who you now collaborate with on warm and fuzzy. Yeah. So we were actually both hired at that, that, uh, company on the same day. Um, my, my professor, uh, who also worked at that company as a, a supervisor, he hired both of us on the same day. That's nuts. Um, so that's when we met, uh, we worked together for like a year and a half. Uh, and then, you know, we had always been kind of talking about starting our own thing. Um, you know, cause we, me and him were like doing most of the prod, like most of the VR stuff and most of the smaller jobs, like we, you know, we would do it almost by ourselves anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. Might um, as well be outsourced. If, if yeah. Possible. So, uh, yeah, we, we were always talking about starting our own shop and then, you know, he kind of, he left a little bit before me, he was kind of fed up. So he left a little bit before me and then he, he convinced me to leave as well. So it sounds like the convincing portion of it was, yo, we could have way more freedom, probably more money and have <laughs> yeah. like an option to be actually creative in this sense where, where we could thrive off of what we kind of got into this for the first place for, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we're both artists, so, uh, you know, we're not like business people. Right. Um, we just wanted to do like cool stuff. Um, and, and yeah, and we saw like how poorly that company was run uh, by the management that just like didn't know anything. And, right. you know, we thought we could do it like way more efficiently. Hmm. Uh, That's and, interesting. and we already had like a lot of clients from freelancing. Right. So, so when you guys it, started it, your main goal was VFX post house or was it, is it only VFX or motion and, and, uh, VR or like, what? Well, how'd you guys kind of set up your company? Uh, it was a little, I don't like, I, for some reason, I think the word like VFX has like a weird, like a bad connotation to it. Yeah. So, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Or just like a little, like it, it like lacks creativity a little bit. Mm. So, I mean, I, I think our goal was to, um, set up like kind of like a design oriented, like motion animation, um, studio. Nice. And, yeah. and so you had said that you did, cause I, I want to carve into this Coachella stuff cause we've had. Ari Farroy on the podcast. We've had cash money on the mm -hmm. podcast and people are familiar with their stories and the projects that they work on. And one of the coolest things I think that you guys developed together was, uh, and I'm curious to hear more about your Coachella experience, but the, the two specific shots you, you guys did with the, the fucking Ferris wheel, bro. The yeah. Ferris wheel is <laughs> like the nuttiest thing. And then you had, I don't know what they are. They're like tents or something like little pyramid tents. You guys had these like tents and yeah that, that was like a that was one of the art pieces uh last year right so uh, the art pieces yeah. like float up into space like you're using drum footage and then you see these art pieces like start to float out off the ground and it looks so real and the ferris yeah. wheel specifically is like bending as it like rotates and it's so yeah. wild could you kind of share more about like how that all came to be and like what is your association with coachella of you guys just being there, are you also shooting content or are you just working with the content that's being shot by other videographers? Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're shooting content too. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've gone through a bunch of phases with Coachella. I mean, I've been doing that coming up on seven years now, I think. Um, 
And yeah, I started working with Ari at Coachella, uh, probably like four or five years ago now. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, Ari brought me in last year to, uh, you know, help with some of the social content again. Uh, we usually do it every year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much up to us to, to shoot it and to do everything on it and, you know, to, to ideate and to shoot and to, to finish it. Right. Um, and and so. it's also the demand is like, if it's weekend one. So for example, let's just talk about the Ferris wheel project first. So mm-hmm. with that project, uh, did you guys, have you already planned on doing something like that with the Ferris wheel or was it just seeing some drone footage that you guys captured while, you know, cause it's usually, uh, who's the drone company that flies for Coachella? It's owl something, I think. Uh, white owl. White owl. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was that their footage that you were using? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we went out there and shot it with them. So, I mean, Ari was right there, you oh, know, cool. directing behind the monitor. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much Ari's idea to, he wanted to do something cool with the Ferris wheel. A couple of years ago, we did something, uh, all, we did another shot with the Ferris wheel, but it was like a little more basic, just like after effects stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year we wanted to like, or, or last year we wanted to take it up a notch, um, and, uh, you know, do some like CG stuff. And so, you know, instead of focusing on like a volume of shots, cause usually we pump out like quite a lot. Um, you know, it was like, all right, we're just going to do like these two shots and we're going to make them like really involved and <laughs> right. really good. Yeah. So, so throughout the rest of the weekend, like those are your two primary objectives and were you doing yeah. other content or, at all or no? Was I doing what? Were you guys doing other content besides those two pieces or was that like your main priority were those two like specialty shots? Um, yeah, Ari and funny. were doing other stuff on the side, but, uh, I was focusing on those two shots right. mostly just cause the CG for that was like really involved. Yeah. Uh, so was I it mean, just you yeah. doing the, the CG? What's that? Was it just you doing the CG or how, like how, how was your team? Yeah. Well, we kind of, so we prepped, uh, a little bit beforehand cause we knew what we were going to do at least with the Ferris wheel. So we, you know, we, we actually got, we found a Ferris wheel asset that already existed online, just like a generic Ferris wheel. And then we prepped it, um, to look more like the Coachella Ferris wheel. Uh, and, um, one of the guys I work with, like worked on prepping that a little bit before, and then, uh, you know, then by the time we got on site, you know, we shot, we shot the, uh, the plate with the, with the aerial, uh, footage and then, uh, got to work, basically had to like, you know, in a couple of days, like rig up this Ferris wheel to animate, uh, in crazy way, uh, and then, uh, you know, light it and, you know, texture it and all that. And, Jesus Christ. So, okay. Yeah. So goddamn. So the shot from the drone there's mm-hmm. not actually, there's no Ferris, Ferris wheel in that plate. There was a Ferris wheel, but we painted it out completely. So you don't even need and, to see it. We original. replaced it with a fully CG Ferris wheel. Holy shit. So when you say yeah. that your, your homie found, found the, the other, the basic one, it's, is that like a, um, a for, I, pardon me for not having like all the knowledge in the world on, on this type of shit, but like, it, what is that just like <laughs> a, what's the fucking thing called where you like get you know, people can download like cars and shit that people have created that are like 3d or 4d modeling of cars. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a 3d model. It's a 3d yeah. model of a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Okay. Word. So you have that. So you kind of have the idea and, and, and you guys do this thing where you make it kind of like bend and flex, right? So yeah, you're, you're able to manipulate the model to have that motion and, and the movement, but then your hard is a hard part for you placing it like making it feel real in the world? Um, 
to a certain degree. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so part of that is shooting, like we shot 360 like environment maps and like um, HDRIs to, because you can use that information to light um, the CG object. So it looks like it fits in the scene. Right. Um, so we shot some of that when we were on site the same time of day. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's just about like adding shadows and getting the textures right. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the difficult part was like the rendering. Cause you know, it does take a while to render. Mm-hmm. So we like set up this crazy workflow where I was like remoting back into my office and where, cause at the office we have like a render farm. Right. So you know, we would send files to the office and have them render and then like download back to onsite at Coachella. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So like that way we could get stuff out like the same day and it would render fast. Right. Um, and you're on the festival yeah. grounds, like doing the editing. Like in the Yeah. Trailer? We're like in this trailer behind like main stage. Right. Uh, it's like super loud. <laughs> the sub, the sub is always like booming. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like editing back there. See if the yeah. vibrations are from the, the, the entire trailer moving or if that's in the shot. Is it <laughs> yeah, right. when, when you, so when you track and, and kind of create that, the, um, the getting all the information for the shadows are you just doing is that like taking the drone and and bopping around the world like the actual festival grounds to to get that information or how do you guys collect that um no it's just um uh are you are you talking about like the the 360 maps or or oh okay yeah so that was just in one place i mean we shot it uh you know we used a GoPro fusion that shoots 360 right and we just shot like bracketed exposures um, Got it. so you can create an HDRI Photoshop. Right. Uh, and we just shot that at where the Ferris wheel was, cool. um, you know, just so we could get what the lighting looked like in that place. So, um, so did the, the GoPro have to, did you have to like have that elevated higher or in a specific position or did it really matter where, where it was placed? No, I mean, it would have been great if we could elevate it, but we just put it on the ground. Right. Um, cause really we're just doing it for like the lighting information, mm-hmm. you know, like where the sun is coming from and stuff like that. Right. Cause, cause then in 3d, you got to like go and place lights and make sure like the, the direction is, you know, where the sun is coming from so that the shadows cast correctly right. and, and all that. So yeah. how, how long did it take you total to work on, on that one specific video? And I'm assuming that you guys were simultaneously working on both. Were you? Uh, I think it was like weekend one, we did the Ferris wheel and weekend two, we did the, uh, the Smart. other one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it took pretty much all of weekend one, like, like 15 hour days <laughs> to, to do it. But you had it uh, done by like the end of the weekend. Yeah. I think, um, I, if I remember correctly, I think the Ferris wheel one was done by, by the end of weekend one. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So what? Yeah, it was an insane turnaround. <laughs> like that would usually take like weeks. Like, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that you were able to, to send the content back to your office versus having to like lug out all of your gear to be able to process the info on site, mm-hmm. which is convenient, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit beforehand just to set up the workflow. Right. Um, I mean, their internet had to be like somewhat decent in order to do that, which yeah. was, which we were kind of lucked out with. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no way we could have rendered it on, on one computer. Uh, so, so as you finish, you finish the first one, um, next weekend you're going in and you're doing the, the art installation hovering idea. So had mm-hmm. you guys already planned for that? Like you already specifically knew that's what you were going to do or were you guys kind of scheming that up in, after you finished project one, you're going into project two? 
Um, I think the whole time we were kind of talking about it, I know Ari wanted to do something involving art pieces. Um, so at some point we just decided that like that art piece would probably be, um, the easiest one to do that with. Um, and it was like pretty simple and geometric. So it was easy to model out in 3d. Um, so it, it was basically the same type of deal. You know, we paint out the real one and add the fake one on top. Right. Um, yeah. Jesus. So how, what was, what was the reaction to, I mean, I feel like no festival has done anything like this as far as like social media content to pair with the weekend's hype. You know what I mean? Like how, how mm-hmm. do you feel like the reaction was there and what was like Coachella's reaction to the content too when it was finally delivered? Uh, I mean, they're, they're stoked on it and they're always stoked on the stuff we do. Yeah. <laughs> it always like blows their minds. But um, yeah, th- these ones in particular, I think they were, I, I think they were like the most viewed posts that they've ever posted. Holy um, shit. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why, but Cause they're I, I guess amazing. They're, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> they're so dope. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Beyonce post and then like ours. <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, they were really stoked on it and they're stoked on how it performed. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we were in the middle of actually working on another thing for them this year. Um, but you know, obviously got yeah, RIP. Um, that's, that's, but, a, that's, uh, yeah. I feel like you guys, do you feel like sometimes you guys set, such a high bar that it, it may make the process of next year even harder. Like, or yeah, is that that's the, what I think every year. And then like somehow we want up it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does that drive yeah. you guys is, is being able to set the bar so high? I mean, it's what's cool about that is you've secured positions for yourselves because it's like very little people can come back and try to do something like that at that level. You know what I mean? Like you guys have just created your own lane up for, up for creativity, especially in that market. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, um, there, there, there are other creators out there creating cool stuff too. Uh, I mean, they've like shifted to the strategy where they just hire a bunch of like social media creators to do mm-hmm. all of their like content essentially, right. which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's dope. Um, yeah. so with, with also with that, you, you know, I'm curious on, I know you guys, you showed me some like the new balance ad that you guys created where you're like completely mm-hmm. 3d modeling, um, products for, for, big brands. So what's, what's been that experience working with, you know, uh, shoe companies and you guys did a toothbrush, but you're completely making like these amazing real life looking models. And I've seen that become something kind of, it seems to be like a lot of, uh, these Nikes and Adidas and like top brands are finding ways to manipulate and use the 3d modeling and, and do cool shit with it. How's, how's your guys' strategy been as a company, like getting in with these types of brands and, and stepping up their content? Um, yeah, that, that stuff is, is cool. We, I mean, that's like really our focus as a company is doing like the full CG stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We just like kind of slowly got into it at some point. Like we were, we find ourselves like pitching these companies to like do stuff CG instead of live action. So like a lot of, um, you know, like, especially like the toothbrush thing, uh, you know, they originally wanted like some live action, uh, they wanted to film like a lot of that live action. Hmm. Um, but you know, we were like, guys, like we can do this for half the price in CG and it'll look just as realistic and we can like light it however you want and we can do anything with it. (laughs) So, you know, we might as well just do it in CG. And so, you know, that's like the conversation with a lot of these people, um, is trying to convince them that like CG will actually look good. 
Yeah. Um, I was curious to, to the pitching process because I feel like it's such a high level of creativity. And if you, you know, a lot of the people in those departments are, some people are just suits, man. And like, it's tough to talk to people about your ideas or your vision. And I know people rely on decks a lot. I'm, I'm curious to hear how you guys go about pitching something like this, like to try to convince me not to do something that we've done over and over again as a company. You're saying mm-hmm. you guys can do it all on your computer and make this shit look amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, usually it involves just showing them like lots of examples of our past work and like, you know, even other people's work that, that is, CG and you know we I mean we've put together hundreds of pitch decks like I, I can't even count how many pitch decks we put together right. um, but uh, yeah I mean it's just you know a matter of convincing them and showing them examples and uh, doing tests test renders and stuff and and, and we uh, we also like scan the shoes uh, using like photogrammetry mm. so like we have like at our studio we have like a little uh, booth um, where you know we put put an object on like a like shoe on a turntable uh, and then we just take a bunch of photos of it from every direction and the software stitches it together right so um, does that allow you great. to when to stitch it like when you're does the software manipulate the actual color of that shoe that you're scanning or is it just the the structure of it, then you can adjust color and add new colors and manipulate it. Yeah. I mean, it, it textures it too with the photos. Um, so, you know, grab the, the color and all that, but from there, uh, you know, we kind of, we have to clean it up a good deal. Uh, and then we can also change like anything about it after that point. So Um, cool. Yeah. Is it, do you feel like, like you said, this is stuff that you, you and your company want to focus more on. Like, um, I know you've done a bunch of music video work and you've worked, I mean, damn near on everything from features to, to festival content, to small music videos and, and large music videos, you touch it all. What is, what is your guys's objective for like the next, the, you know, five years, as far as like what you think would be interesting for you creatively fun and challenging creatively, but also, uh, like a desired project for you guys to take on. Um, yeah, I mean, that's tough, <laughs> but, but, uh, because the situation is changing now because of the, the virus and all that stuff. Right. Um, I think, you know, people, there's like this push towards digital more and more, um, you know, th- that's even one of the things we've been like pitching out to our clients for like, okay, you can't shoot live action right now. Why don't you just do like animation instead, mm. um, for your advertising. So you don't have to like, you know, stop your marketing just cause you can't shoot. Um, so we're definitely, I mean, we're definitely pushing the, um, the animation stuff a lot. Um, the CG stuff, but I, but I mean, we can really work on, you know, a lot of different things just because, you know, it takes the same skill set to do right. most of these, you know, whether it's like VR design or animation or VFX, it's like using like the same softwares, um, you know, same artists have the same skill sets to work on all of those things. Right. Um, so, I mean, we like to remain versatile, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely, we're definitely going into CG animation, like heavily, um, you know, even original content, like we're, we're thinking about pitching shows, uh, like animated TV shows and that's stuff dope. like that. That'd um, be super cool. yeah, that stuff's cool. Is it, um, you, 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 I know you guys have a office. I think I saw you do, um, an FPV drone video oh, where yeah. you like through <laughs> that's, it. that's super tight uh wh- how, how what's the advantage uh, first off how big is your team is it just you and your partner and then you guys are outsourcing content do you guys have employees or like how, how do you guys kind of work as a business um yeah so there's about uh, was it, five of us full-time 
um yeah i mean we got a studio like 2000 square foot studio in culver city um yeah there's there's five of us full time uh and then per project we we hire freelancers if we need more um you know so depending on the size we like scale up and down that way we keep it you know very flexible uh you know yet when there's pandemics we can (laughs) scale down (laughs) (laughs) we can scale down to almost no overhead so we, we don't screw ourselves over um what do you guys look for? I guess for people that are listening that, you know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of fans of your guys' work and would love to f- end up working for you, intern for you and, and at some point in the future. What do you guys, how do you usually go and vet the people that you work with and, and what, what kind of suggestions would you give to people listening if they ever strive to, you know, be under your guys' hood? Uh, I mean, it's probably 90%, uh, you know, how good their portfolio is. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, we get tons of emails like every week of people just like sending us their stuff. And, you know, if it's not like good in the first like one second, we're just going to close it. Um, so I mean, yeah, they have to have like a clear sense of design and, and, um, you know, talent there. I I can tell you like, (laughs) we don't really care if you have a college degree or not. (laughs) Yeah. This is like not that kind of industry, I guess. Right. (laughs) Even though I have one, like nobody has ever asked for it. (laughs) Same, same, same. Um, Yeah. uh, And and then like, obviously, you know, being easy to work with uh, and all that. Right. Um, Do you guys, do you guys do internship opportunities or is it, does it become too much of like a headache to like try to balance that? No. Yeah. We had two interns before the, the COVID oh, thing. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, we had them for a couple of months and they're probably going to continue once things open up again. Yeah. That's cool. Um, how I'm yeah. oh, sorry. No, no, that's it. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, how do you feel that having the creative <laughs> space, uh, increases your productivity? Cause I know a lot of, um, different types of artists that are on the post side end up working from home because everything's so easy to run off of a computer a small, you know, setup or whatever, be on the fly. How, how has that, uh, elevated your guys's creativity to be together and to have a space where you can, you know, test ideas, do your modeling of like shoes and having, you know, your experiments. How's that increased? Uh, I mean, I didn't realize how much I missed it until now when we all like working from home. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I really prefer working in a studio space, you know, just cause we're all there to, you know, talk to each other, uh, bounce ideas off of each other. Um, not to mention like, uh, we're, we're usually dealing with like huge file sizes. So having like a central server there is great, um, yeah. for rendering and all that. Right. Um, and, and generally we just like, we've tried to create like a fun environment, you know, we got like arcade machines and stuff in there and like, oh, sick. you know, like fun stuff to do. And, um, yeah, it helps I think to just to be around like other creative people while you're working instead of just like isolated by yourself at home. Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. I saw cash bunny has been doing these, uh, I don't know if you've tuned into them, but her, I, like, I did. Yeah. Her, uh, whatever, what are they called? Zoom, like hangouts for edit sessions, yeah, edit, edit parties, edit, the most yeah, ridiculous shit I've ever seen. Bro. It's kind of, it's kind of genius. <laughs> it is genius. That's why I, I texted her when I saw it. I was like, yo, you are a legend for this. Like all these people from all over the place, just like, do I don't, there's no way they're actually getting work done. Cause they're all just so distracted by what's going on in the chat. I feel like, yeah, no, it's funny, man. It, it is funny. Cash is super smart. She's, uh, like the stuff she does is insane. Right. And she just like thinks of crazy ideas constantly. She's a nut. Um, I feel like I don't want to take up too much of your time, but what I do think would be cool to talk about is your obsession with donuts. Cause donuts <laughs> were like one of the first things I ever had, uh, 
like physical foods from my grandpa. So I'm like obsessed mm-hmm. with fucking smashing donuts. And then you just made the illest, like, uh, the drone, you had like an FPV drone flying around some race cars and threw some donuts on the track. What was the, how did that happen? How, like why? Uh, that was just out of like sheer boredom, <laughs> honestly. I mean, that was like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had nothing to do at home. I reached out to, uh, my friend, Ben who's the, the drone pilot. Uh, he's great by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was like, yo, like got any like footage <laughs> lying around. And he just sent me like his, his library of like, um, all the drone stuff he shot recently and i just went through it and i was like oh maybe it'll be cool to have like some donuts while cars are doing donuts like drifting how long did um, it take you to make that uh a couple of days like two or three days i think yeah right. yeah easily yeah. could have been like a crispy cream ad or something like I know, do, right? do you feel like there's a benefit to like that being a boredom thing for you uh there like there is a benefit of that existing because there's think about how many brands could see that as like a potential collaboration or idea for future content like that's something mm-hmm. that you would be able to pitch to brands I, I guess my main question here is is it important for people to make spec work uh even if it has no real purpose yet do you feel like it's good to continue to like create mm-hmm. that and share that content out for- oh yeah for sure i mean i think it's important just to create content that you want to create for yourself, you know? Mm. Um, because that's like my Instagram is just all stuff that I like just make on my own for fun pretty much. Um, and I think that's important just to like keep doing, uh, personal projects just so you're not like always working on someone else's vision kind of. Um, but I like to do like short stuff cause it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm. Um, and it just like keeps, keeps me on top of my game or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> right. Uh, I, all right. Well, let's wrap it on this one. Um, how, what do you like the most? Do you like going in the field and being kind of on site when creating projects or do you like, um, I, I guess like long-term work versus short-term work? Like what do you prefer as a creator? Like being on site at Coachella, you obviously have the flexibility of getting everything you need that it's, that's going to help you in post. But I know a lot of productions shoot and say they'll fix it in post later. And then you're just <laughs> dealing with headaches, like a GoPro in the water for, yeah, man, <laughs> to be honest, I, I hate being on set. I, I've, I've been on set so many times and I just hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like sitting around, you have to wake up at like 6am or whatever to get there. Yeah. And like, you know, you're just sitting in some studio or whatever or on location, so you probably um, save more time in post dealing with the headaches of things that could have been fixed if you were there, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, but post is easier though. You're like sitting in an air conditioned, uh, you know, room in a studio, just like on the computer, listening to a podcast or something right. on the side, right. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair. laughs> you know, it's like really relaxing. Um, yeah, I think I'm the same way as Ari. <laughs> I, I was listening to, to him on the podcast the other day yeah. and he, he was saying that, you know, even if it's, even if it takes two minutes to do on set, you'd rather spend like five hours doing it in post. Right. Which, no, that's for sure. It, it yeah. is. It is. There's a, I mean, you can eat tons of food and shit. Just kick it and stream something on Twitch or whatever. If you want oh, yeah, to the side. Definitely. I, I, I'm curious to hear how you, you know, how you've been doing during this quarantine stuff, how it's affected your business. And then, and if you had any uh, suggestions of things that people could be doing during this downtime that we have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely affected our business. I mean, we haven't 
for the, I mean, we're just starting to, to get hit up for projects again. Like we pretty much, as soon as the quarantine started, we didn't get a project for like a month Crazy. or like a month and a half. Um, yeah, luckily we were able to, uh, we got like the government PPP loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that to keep going and, you know, bring our, bring our employees back and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just now starting to get hit up again, uh, for stuff and pitch on stuff. Um, and it seems to be like a lot of AR stuff, which is kind of weird. Like got really? it up for like three filters, like the other day. Huh. Um, yeah. So uh, there's definitely like the shift of brands trying to do like more, uh, digital stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as just like, uh, you know, keeping occupied and things like that. I mean, I don't know. I've personally found it, you know, for the, for the last month or so, it's been honestly like hard for me to, to stay motivated. Um, you know, I've just been, you know, trying to, trying to handle you know business stuff and, um, you know, kind of stay creative and, and just focus on like life instead of like, you know, I took a little break for a while, but, yeah. um, yeah, definitely trying to get back into it and, you know, just make things. I know. Weird time to be alive, man. It's a weird time to be alive. Um, yo, I appreciate it, man. I would, I can't wait for you to come in and do like an actual, you know, the long duration. I want to hear your full story like we normally do. So we're going to have to crack that one off whenever, uh, we can hang out within six feet range. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Love to, man. Um, I appreciate it. Yo, stay busy. You guys keep killing it. You guys are setting a bar for a lot of creators, man. A lot of people look up to what you guys are doing. So we appreciate your time. Cool. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. That's it for episode 193. Huge shout out to John for coming on the show. Make sure to subscribe to Black Window Cream Podcast on whatever platform you are listening to if you haven't done it already. And if you support this podcast and want to connect with us for updates on future episodes and ways to find out of how you can get involved in the growth of Black Window Cream, shoot us a text. 319-209-9041 or hit the link in the description. And if you super enjoyed this episode and you want to do us a rock solid favor, Go to Apple Podcasts, go to the review section, hit that fucking five star button so we get those, you know, the full fledged stars right there and leave us a, a review because that shit really helps people find out about Black Window Cream and all that. Um, and if you also post a screenshot of this episode on your IG stories and you tag us and tell us like what your best takeaways from this episode are, we will be reposting the best ones. So make sure to do that at Black Window Cream. That's it. Uh, enjoy the work week, keep creating, and we will see you in a few days, you bitch. <laughs>